on the latest episode of Real Health with me, Carl Henry. I'm delighted to be joined by international best-selling author Heman Sunim, telling us what to do when things don't go your way. When we are, you know, very young and have a first love and the first love did not work out, we feel as though this is the end of the world. However, we learn that is not the case. We move on. We find some other people. We begin to see that uh, when things don't go your way, uh, maybe it's not the end. As ever, we're available on all podcast platforms. Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irukti yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti. Fis Turmi. Tashe Dochretche nach Vetoch Ara Igornamion on Kestin Echol. Vien Talamaginom Griv Orkar Nrachtum. Yatakshe Torrent Griven Orkarston, Illis Duhalagus Kiminafracht, Gorokligsar Dukashenecher. Only Vin Own, Thardorakshin, Vin Marav. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. The left wing is coming to the Three Olympia Theatre on Thursday, the 19th of October, 2023, with Luke Fitzgerald and Will Slattery joined by Bernard Jackman and Stephen Ferris looking ahead to the Rugby World Cup semi-finals, with Ireland potentially playing for a World Cup final place. Tickets priced from 29.90, including booking fee, and are on sale now. Go to Ticketmaster.ie for more. This is the Rugby World Cup on the left wing. Hello and welcome to the left wing. Well, we are back here at the Stade de France on the eve of Ireland's final World Cup pool game against Scotland. It feels like ages ago since we were last here against South Africa. It does. It feels like different times you think time is moving slow, yeah. but then you think of everything that we've done over the last month. It's been mad. And I suppose now that we've left Tour Sinead and we're in Paris now until Ireland Art feels a little different. It's a cracking morning here, isn't it? Is it? The weather is really, really nice. Hopefully it's going to be like that. Apparently tomorrow. it is, yeah tomorrow as well um, I got stuck though in the train station um, you did? outside what Stade de France um, yeah for anyone that's coming um, I bought the, the cards what are they called Navigo cards basically like the Leap cards in Ireland the Oyster cards in London and um, I, I bought like 20 journeys uh, so I assumed I'll be grand for that and I tapped in to, to come here um, but then when I got to the station it wouldn't work it said that the, the thing was invalid of course there was no one around to ask um what to do so um, maybe I shouldn't say how I did get out but I did get out and I did, did make it into the press conference on time but for anyone who's coming make sure that you buy the tickets for the right zones or else you could get trapped uh, like I did but got there in time just just about Yeah just about uh, well I was here a little bit earlier for the, the captain's run and it was really interesting Keen, to see Robbie mm. Henshaw do his own kind of modified uh, training mm. away from the rest of the players as they kind of did their main captain's run today and he was kind of doing a few shuttle runs and I was kind of waiting to see what way he would look just doing a bit of proper running now he wasn't going to any speed obviously but you know you know his, his hamstring there was no uh, wrapping no taping around his hamstring 
I suppose just after yesterday and how Andy Farrell delivered the news that he was going to be out for a few weeks and he did say that they were going to have to wait and see how it would go over the next few days for uh, Robbie's uh, hamstring. But it was still good to see mm. him out there today, I have to say. Yeah, absolutely. You got a great video of it, Sinead. I mean, like I said, I was stuck in a train station. I would have been there as well. But um, yeah, I was really surprised when I saw you uh, putting her up on Twitter, to be honest. Um, just like the mood music yesterday did seem kind of downbeat. But like as we discussed on the podcast and as I was saying, like you don't want to be writing a player off before officially he has particularly when you look at the powers of recovery from some of these guys so look what I think is is very interesting look I'm not a, a physio I'm not a medical expert on hamstring injuries and that but you think back to the early captains runs when Dan Sheehan and Jack Honan were standing on the sideline I know they're different injuries not really comparable but the point is that Ireland weren't willing to put these guys into the captain's run when they weren't fit so the side of Robbie Henshaw, I know it was only light running that he was doing. I thought it was very, very encouraging, particularly when it is a hamstring and you think like they're the kind of injuries that you kind of tend to stay off it. Stay off rest. your feet, yeah. Um, so really, really positive and encouraging. I mean, the video that you put up, you could see him, he was still running gingerly, yeah. but the fact that he is on his feet and he's out and he's activating it I think is pretty positive uh, look Andy Farrell said yesterday for anyone who missed it that um, Ireland wouldn't make a decision either way which is a smart thing to do until Monday it gives him a bit of breathing room to see if something happens in the match where they, they might need to look at alternative options or it also gives Robbie Henshaw a few days to to recover so it, it sounds like he's not he's definitely not been ruled out yet anyway which is a positive Yeah and you asked uh, the scrum coach mm. John Fogarty about um, Henshaw today so here's what he had to say he's good he's, as you saw he's out running so um, he'll be assessed as we go ahead or go along um, and we'll see we'll see after the weekend how he pitches up next week he was kind of playing it down I suppose Keith. yeah like I mean they, they probably don't know themselves like I mean if Robbie Henshaw is going to be fit or not um, but like I said the fact that he's out there and running and like it's really positive it's really encouraging I think the squad would take a big boost from that as well Henshaw is such an important figure in this squad like he's been just been so unlucky with injuries over the years we saw the impact that he made off the bench against South Africa so he's a really popular guy he's been around for so long he's at his third World Cup so I think the lads would have gotten a real lift from seeing him take part as well so look it's still it's still early days what he picked up the injury on Tuesday wasn't it so we're at Friday now and he's already back running because at training on Wednesday he wasn't involved at all so like a few days later so a few days on again hamstrings are tricky is the only thing and he did miss the opening game with, with a hamstring injury we don't know if it's the same one you'd have to imagine it probably is so he's possibly just trying to play through it and manage it as best as possible but when Andy Farr, when it comes to it, if Ireland are in a World Cup quarterfinal, you don't want to be having a guy, even if it is on the bench, who's not 100% fit. And I think to be fair to Henshaw, he would be honest and upfront about that as well. It's too, it would it would be too big of a game to, to be carrying someone who's not at their peak. So um, they'll give themselves some time um, and that's definitely the right thing to do. Yeah, and of course we all remember the atmosphere here, how incredible it was mm. here uh, two weeks ago. James Lowe, uh, one of the players out doing uh, the press conference today, and he's press conference gold isn't he really mm -hmm. but he was talking Keen, about the amount of supporters and I think it was Rory who's mentioned it, mentioned it earlier this week that it could be I think Johnny actually mentioned it yesterday Johnny Sexton that it could be a bit more half and half this time we don't know yeah. but James Lowe went full out and he did. Uh, yeah. he did he went for the juggler he said uh, the squad had been told that 60,000 Irish fans um, could be here tomorrow night which is 
insane when you think about it. Like that's bigger than the Aviva Stadium. Yeah, um, I kind of tried to clarify with the IRFU afterwards. Of course, like no one knows. That's the thing because Irish fans um, have a tendency to get their hands and tickets uh, come head or high water. But the kind of the official line was maybe between 40 and 50. So a bit less than 60. But it was caveated by you just never know with Irish fans. So it's unreal. Um even yesterday when we were coming back into from Ireland's base way out wherever it is because I'm reluctant to say Paris because it's just not Paris um, there was Irish jerseys everywhere on the Thursday so like this morning I could see them at the station there was loads of milling around kind of checking out the stadium so um, we kind of said this after the South Africa game Sinead a couple of weeks ago that like it would be very hard to top that yeah, as an so atmosphere mm -hmm. but like the way the team are going the momentum is building I mean people are going to be beg, borrowing and stealing, I think, to try and get over and get a taste of this because it does feel like something special is is building and the crowd have been a real Huge. key part of oh, that. And you, you hear James Lowe talking about it and it, it's not lip service. It's really not. Um, you see the appreciation. People understand how expensive it is to to get over and that's not lost on, on anyone. So um, it's going to be a huge crowd. It'll be interesting to see how much it is because the Scots will travel as well. I think the Irish will outnumber them. I'd be surprised if it was 50-50, to be honest, just given kind of past history in that. But um, it's set to be an unbelievable atmosphere, isn't it? I cannot wait for it. It almost feels like a new tournament now. Like, so we've had our down mm. week, you know, that South Africa game is over and it almost does feel um, like a new tournament. But James Lowe also spoke today about how they're going to have to raise their game, you know, said that they're not invincible and they won't be complacent coming into this one. So have listened to what he had to say. Obviously, um, it does give us confidence in what we've done over the last three to four years in, in terms of what we've built and, we know it works, but like I said earlier, even against even in wins, there's still things to learn. So, um, invincible, I wouldn't I wouldn't go anywhere near that word. Complacency is something that can't creep into this group as well, and it doesn't. Um, each week, there's you know there's there's more than just the 23 that could easily play and do a job for the side, uh, seamlessly fitting into into position. But uh, complacency is something that. Uh, won't be coming into the side. We understand the serious threats and we've respected every opposition that we've played so far in this competition. So um, we're just as diligent with Scotland as we were with South Africa, Romania and Tonga. Now we are going to be joined by Rob Robertson of the Scottish Daily Mail in a few moments. But first of all, Keen, what key differences do you see between the two teams tomorrow? I think it's up front. Um, I've been consistent with that all along. I think Scotland's backline has the ability to shred any defence. You saw against South Africa that they were able to beat the rush, but they didn't quite have the, the clinical edge. They might possibly have learned from that. So I think Ireland will be very, very wary that if Finn Russell gets... Um, front football, then he can cause problems. But the big thing is, will his pack give him that platform? I think when you look at the two packs, Sinead, um, I think there's a considerable difference, if I'm being honest. Um, I think Ireland are much stronger. Um, I think they're still pretty reliant on Andrew Porter. Um, it'll be interesting to see how long he plays. I still get the sense that Ireland are going to try and get as much game time out of him as possible. You saw that against South Africa. He played 75 minutes. Tyg Furlong played 63. But to be fair to Finley Bielham, I think he's been excellent. And excellent. he was excellent off the bench against South Africa too. So, um, I think the bench, the Ireland bench is stronger as well. I think it's interesting that Gregor Townsend has gone for a 6-2 split. I'll be very interested to get Rob's views actually on that. Um, 
yeah, like I, I just don't see that that bench doesn't strike fear into me. I have to be honest um, from an Irish point of view. And then you look at guys like Ronan Keller and James Ryan who are going to be, I'd say, seething. I mean, they're going to be coming on wanting to prove a point. They could come on together like Sheehan and Henderson did against South Africa. And if they do, then there's a huge onus on them getting the line out right, which is obviously going to be a big focus point. So um that's where I see the game being won and lost. I mean, you can talk about individual battles, but I think if Ireland get parity up front, then everything flows from there. And this isn't like the, the South African kind of 7-1-6-2 split on the bench. We'll get into it more with Rob anyway, I'm sure. Yeah, before Rob comes along, uh, how was those buggers? No, 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 there wasn't. But I did kind of, when I checked in, um, I felt like I kind of had to ask anyway. <laughs> well, like, yeah, like, yeah, of course. I've, my skin's been crawling since I've seen the, the videos. So I kind of just did it in a joking way, but you know when you're joking but not joking uh, so I asked the, the guy at reception um, oh, like any issues or anything in hell? and like obviously he's like oh no of course not he said like that they I think he said that they'd brought like a dog in or something a couple of weeks ago to like sweep the rooms there, there must be some sort of dog who can think. I think that's what he said his, his English wasn't the best but I think that's what he said Um but of course, like they've done all the tests uh, possible. There's been no sign of them. Um, and to be fair, the hotel is actually very nice. But I mean, I think I did wake up at one point last night and I was like, oh my God. Did but it's I, did more I, in your head. Yeah, of course it's more it in your is. Head. Yeah. I think this seems to be a theme of this. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely <laughs> is. You just can't get away from zombie. Yeah. But I did wake up once in the middle of the night, but it was definitely just because, yeah, it was in my head. What about yours? How's yours? No, totally fine. But again, in the head, but I've actually had some great sleeps over the last uh, few nights. So long way continue. <laughs> but uh, obviously, this very important issue was also asked of uh, James Lowe today about the bed bugs. A few lads fumigate their beds um, naturally, so there's been no issues. You, you've, you've had nothing. Some of the front five. <laughs> it's not, not a problem for them. Yeah, Mac, Mac, I think, was the, I got the cause of the problem. Yeah. Shock. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we're delighted to be joined now by Rob Robertson of the Scottish Daily Mail. Rob, thanks for joining us. Good to be here. Yeah. So you've been around the Scottish camp all week. They're certainly not shying away from the magnitude of uh, tomorrow's game, are they? No, it's the biggest game in Gregor Townsend's time in charge. One of the biggest games in Scottish rugby history. Because if we put one over on Ireland, it will be incredible because Everybody's written Scotland off. Everybody thinks Scotland have no chance whatsoever. Personally, I think they do. But uh, I may be a minority, especially people listening to this. But um, it's huge. Back home in Scotland, everybody's talking about it. It's, it's, it's the event of the weekend. And this is a country that's dominated by football, remember. Why could it be different tomorrow? Obviously, Scotland haven't beaten Ireland uh, since that day in Murrayfield 2017. What could be different about tomorrow, do you feel? Two words, Finn Russell. You have Johnny Sexton, he's 38, Finn oh. Russell, or 37. He's at the top of his game just now. Finn Russell rises to the challenge, played here in Paris for Racing 92, will want to show how good he is. And I think it'll be a head-to-head between him and Sexton that will go a long way to decide the game. And I have a funny feeling that, that Finn Russell will get the better of your, your old man. <laughs> the old man in, in the squad who's still in my opinion probably the best 10 in the world but Rob I mean does it not all start up front for Finn Russell to have that platform and I think when you look at the packs Ireland still have the edge there I think there's no doubt if Scotland get parity there and they provide the platform then Finn Russell is capable we saw it in the Six Nations game in Murrayfield earlier this year the centres that you guys have, have now as well are capable of cutting a defence apart but the pack have to meet Ireland don't you're they? absolutely spot on to be fair I think we've got the better back to but the pack for you 
O'Mahony is a player in Scotland. He's revered. He's just a pest. He a gets nuisance. under Scottish skins. Glasgow, he gets under Glasgow yeah. skin as well. Yeah. A monster totally, totally. Yeah. He's the man that people in Scotland love to hate, I suppose, would be the way to describe it. Um, because, it, I mean, I think he's one of the best players in the world. I just love him to death. I hope he's rubbish tomorrow. Um, <laughs> but he's, I just love him to death. He's fantastic. But you're right. He, the, the Irish pack. It's, it's great. It, it's far stronger than the Scottish pack. People thought Hamish Watson should have played to try and bolster out the back row. Yeah, what do you make of that, obviously, with the 6-2 split as well on the Scottish bench? Balderdash. He was never going to play. Never going to play. I mean, the clue was there. He wasn't even included against South Africa. He wasn't even included against Tonga. And just because he has a good game against Romania, we could probably have had a good game against Romania. Um, the, the guys on the telly, Jim Hamilton, bless him, I look, no, he, you know, talking up his mate, John Bartley, talking up his mate, and all of a sudden, Hamish Watson should be in there. He would make no difference. That Irish back row is fantastic. Whoever you've got in there, Scotland need a settled back row, they've got it. But they will have to play the game of their lives to get even close to the Irish back row. The O'Mahony dynamic is actually interesting because I probably hadn't considered it from the Scottish point of view that, like you said, he is probably a player that most other teams and countries love to hate. And Ireland are obviously going to use that as extra motivation. The fact he's winning his 100 cap, it's huge. And Andy Farrell makes such a big deal of milestones like that. He gets the families in and all that. So that's a little bit of extra motivation for Ireland. But on the flip side, Scotland would love nothing more than to ruin Peter O'Mahony's big oh, day. Hey, totally, totally. That would really make, as you say, Glasgow fans, there's a bit of a history there. They'd love to put one over on him. There's a lot of Glasgow players in there. You've got Rory Darge, plays for Glasgow in the back row there. Jack Dempsey, okay, he's just coming recently, doesn't know the background. He's really Australian, one of our many. Um, but in general terms, he's the man that everybody would want to spoil the day for. I know it's a great this occasion for him. back to Crow Park almost that time in Ireland's last game at Crow Park and he spoiled the party that day as well. He does it a lot, doesn't he? He does it a lot. But I mean, all of it's down to how good a player he is and his, his attitude. One of the Scottish, I can't remember which one it was, described him as an absolute pest and he is. He's an absolute pest who knows the dark, art, dark arts. But just get back to your point, that is the key. I do think if Finn Russell got enough good ball, he can dominate. He can push sets an island back but the key is will Scotland get enough good ball I really have my doubts yeah what do you make of the 6-2 split first of all the idea of going with the 6-2 split I'd be keen to get your thoughts on it but the personnel that he's gone with I mean when the box goes 6-2 you're kind of going wow they're rolling off like big guys here when I look at that 6-2 I don't get the same sense of fear maybe that's harsh you can tell me different but yeah what do you make of the 6-2 and the 6 that he's the <laughs> Scotland are going to run at this. They're, you know, they're going to try and beat Ireland. Let, let's put it in context. A 6-2 split won't even come into play if you guys are, are holding it tight to later on. Scotland are going to run, come out the blocks incredibly fast. But if you look at it, they didn't do that against South Africa. And when they played Ireland in 2019, they, they came out really slowly. Townsend sort of told the start in 15, run it to death. Do you tell me when you're knackered? Just go for it from the start. So I know what you're saying about the 6-2 play, but I don't think it'll be that applicable because he's going to try and keep this lot on for as long as he possibly can. Part of the reason, because you mentioned it, it's not that strong really mm -hmm. uh, when you look at the backup team. But if you look at that starting Scotland team, that's really strong. That can beat Ireland. But how long can these guys go? How, can, how long can George Turner go at hooker? How long can the front row go? How long can Schumann go? How long can Xander Ferguson last? Mm -hmm. Longer they last, the better chance. Scotland have because they can't rely on that 6-2 split it's, it's not strong enough Yeah, can you give us just an insight into the Scottish mindset you know Blair Kinghorn came out kind of during the week and said we will win Ireland's you know 16 t test in a row uh, a record and 
it doesn't recent uh history and the, how games have gone against Ireland doesn't really seem to affect them or, or does it? No, Because it, like, it seems like Ireland are Scotland's bogey team. Oh, totally. To, to, well, totally. And also, what, I was speaking to my friends. We can't understand why. Because we can see Ireland from Scotland. It's over there. It's just over the sea. Like, you know, they they, they thinking, any... like, how, how's this Irish team doing so well? Or Well, it's, I spoke to Kenny Logan last night who's arriving today to deliver a match ball in, on the Doddy Weir. And he was saying... He, was, he said, it's a lot of averages. I said, what do you mean, Kenny? He was saying, well, the one's 16 in a row, is it? Something's going to give soon. I don't think they can go to 20. I don't think they can win 20 in a row. He said, today could be the day they fall off the wagon. And I thought, okay, Kenny, I'll go with that. It's a long shot, but, you know, if it's, that's what you think, that's fine. So, you know, hopefully there has to be a bump in the road somewhere and hopefully it's today. And there's so much that can happen. I mean, an early red card, I mean, totally. for, for Ireland, like it's so like it's a game of rugby, like anything, like it's a bit of a cliche, but anything can happen on the day. And like, I don't think, I think Ireland have a right to feel confident going into this game, but I don't think like supporters, I certainly don't think the squad, the players, the management are in any way taking Scotland for granted because the fact they play them every year as well means that exactly. like it's, it's tricky. Yeah, exactly. And the URC as well and everything as well. That could be, you know, a big factor in it as well because there shouldn't be a failure from Scotland. But again, they're starting with a handicap of the eight points, the no bonus point. That's why when we would get back to the 62 split, I don't think that'll be too relevant because this 15 will have to run it. It goes best they can and the game could be over before they even they come on. Yeah, can I ask you about the Irish line-out and how much will Scotland go after that now tomorrow? We saw how dodgy it was, how shaky it was. Last four line-outs in the first 10 minutes in the game against Scotland, against South Africa. It did settle down after that. But is that an area where Scotland will feel that they can really go after Ireland? Uh, no, because of the simple point of view that they're talking the Scottish pack camp in the first couple of yeah. weeks was it was rotten against South Africa. The Scottish, Scottish line-out will have to sort themselves out first. Mm. They've got Gilchrist and Richard Gray and they're two experienced guys. Yeah. But they'll have to sort their own out first before they can go to Ireland. It's not been great. It's really been not great, the Scotland line-out. So it could be two mediocre line-outs going, going against each other. Yeah. What do you think, what, what What's this game going to come down to, so do you think? It'll go down to how well Scotland start. They haven't started well against South Africa. They haven't started well in the last World Cup against Ireland. They come out the blocks fast, got a couple of early tries, they've got a chance. If Ireland just even want to play keep ball, solidify it for the first half hour and kill the game. I know that sounds ridiculous after half an hour. That could just put Scotland out gone because, as you suggest, the forward pack is so good of Ireland that they could, that's within the reason. And they could actually just sort of keep it tight and just play it tight knowing they've got the driving seat and then do what South Africa did, come out fast in the second half, a couple of quick tries. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they if they take that approach, to be honest. I think when we think back to like Ireland's success over the last 16 games and not actually recently, more back in the Six Nations, particularly back in the New Zealand Tour last summer, a hallmark of them was starting fast, coming out of the blocks and actually yeah. just burning teams. And they haven't actually been able to do that in recent games. So... I don't think it's part of their kind of DNA to try and do what South Africa well, did to Scotland. So you could have two teams coming out in the well, first 10 I, minutes just trying just to really, fast. Yeah, yeah. really trying fast to take it to each other. Well, yeah. certainly this has to be it. This, this is the key. Scotland has to start well. Get the ball to Darcy Graham. We haven't mentioned Darcy Graham or Duhan yeah. van der Merwe yet. Yeah. Get the ball to them, stretch this, the Irish defence and try and run a couple of early tries. It's a dream. Whether it'll happen or not is another matter. But that's what has to happen for Scotland to have a chance. So what's the prediction? Scotland will, oh God, don't don't say that to me. <laughs> I feel obliged to say Scotland will win and Ireland will go out. And at the risk of sounding like Kevin Keegan, I would love it if that oh. happened. But my heart says Scotland, my head says Ireland. Uh, both of mine say Ireland, to yeah. be honest. Um, I know, yeah, we're all kind of tinted glasses and all that, but um, 
I think I think for Scotland to win, I agree with pretty much all the points Rob has made. I think Scotland need to play the game of their lives and Ireland need to be off it like considerably for, for that to happen. Is that possible? Absolutely. But I'd be I'd be surprised if Ireland will be off it that much. Yeah, no, it is going to be a good one. Rob, thank you very much for joining Cheers, us Rob. for this one. And Keen again. And of course, Rory will be back here again tomorrow. We will have a podcast after tomorrow's game uh, tomorrow night. Uh, so stay tuned for that. The left wing is coming to the Three Olympia Theatre on Thursday, the 19th of October, 2023, with Luke Fitzgerald and Will Slattery joined by Bernard Jackman and Stephen Ferris looking ahead to the Rugby World Cup semi-finals, with Ireland potentially playing for a World Cup final place. Tickets priced from 29.90, including booking fee, and are on sale now. Go to Ticketmaster.ie for more. Listen and follow The Left Wing wherever you get your podcasts.